Welcome to the Next Mobility Podcast. On this week's episode, we have the founder and CEO of Comma.ai, George George Hotz. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, George. Hi. Yeah. So I thought to to really kind of dive into some of the details on on some of the autonomous technology that you guys are developing, we'd start by kind of tackling the reasons why you started this company um, and, you know, why you didn't kind of jump along, you know, say Google, Google's Waymo project or Uber or Tesla and that sort of thing. Um, so, so what do you, what's kind of your main reason for, for starting Commodat AI? Because do you really want to live in a world controlled by Waymo or Uber? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. Um, it, it, it seems, it seems as though they're, they're kind of pursuing something quite different than, um, say they did with Google's even their own search engine or what they've done with Android. Um, of course. which I, which I know you've been quite vocal about, um, and so, you know, how are you guys approaching it from a different angle than uh, some of those bigger companies developing this uh, technology? Well, I mean, it's not just a question of, you know, a different angle. It's a question of who's going to win and who's going to lose. Um, Waymo and Google, uh, sorry, Waymo and Uber operate in bubbles. Um, they operate in, in closed bubbles where they think that they can control the entire stack of mobility. No way in hell. Mm-hmm. And so you see it kind of being... Um, a multiple uh, company operation in terms of someone's getting the ride shares called, someone's operating the autonomous technology, and you know some other company might maintain the vehicles and that sort of thing. Forget, forget about it. This is the kind of people who spend their day like jerking off about the future. Um, no, seriously though, they spend like, oh, the world is going to transform in ten years. No, right now people buy cars and they crash. Right? How do you make them buy cars that don't crash? Right? Tesla's got this right. So instead of, you know, tackling it, you know, with some, like you said, some kind of futuristic mindset, you, you're kind of uh, approaching it from, you know, how can we improve the safety and how can we move it where people will accept it, you know, a lot faster rather than... Well, how do you win, right? Yeah. How, how, do, you, how do you win self-driving cars? I've been saying this since the beginning, right? The, 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 the Waymo and Uber approach doesn't uh, win. I mean, Uber has more of a shot of that than Waymo. Look at Google Fiber, right? It's a great ISP. How many places have it? Two? Yeah, yeah. Right? If it was Uber Fiber, all right, maybe. Maybe they'd be able to roll out the, the, the ISP, but could Uber really handle the technological challenges? No. Um, it's just not the way the world's going to play out. The world's going to play out a whole lot more like what you've seen in the smartphone industry, right? I mean, this happened before in computing, this idea of thin clients. This is all, you can, you can trace this back 40 years, like this idea that, oh, everyone's just going to own a thin client. We're not even owning the thin client. Maybe they'll just rent the thin client from the, like, everyone will have Bloomberg terminals. I mean, this isn't how computing happened, right? Mm-hmm. And so when, when you're looking at developing it internally at Kama AI, um, you know, your cars, are they still using LiDAR like Uber and, and Waymo, or are you moving towards the more computer vision aspect of, of development? Well, I mean, as a technology choice, I, I'm not sure why. The, the reason people fixated on LiDAR is because Waymo does have a technological lead and because they use LiDAR. Um, if the year is 2005 and you just witnessed everybody lose miserably at the DARPA Grand Challenge in 2004, LiDAR gets invented, people start winning in 2005, LiDAR looks like a great idea. Um, fast forward, you know, almost 15 years, computer vision is amazing. Uh, the AI revolution is happening. Computer vision is superhuman in some categories. Um, and cameras have this two huge advantages. They're cheap and they're passive, right? You don't want a sensor on your car that has to actively emit stuff. This isn't how humans drive, right? Humans drive by, humans don't have any active sensors. 
yeah. I guess like bats, bats do, but like, um, no, humans don't have active sensors, right? And you don't want active sensors. Active sensors interfere with each other. Um, they're, they're more likely to, you know, be thrown by their own interference because you have both a transmit and a receive pathway. And LIDAR is ridiculously expensive. And so, yeah, I, I've talked about that with um, some some executives in the, you know, kind of EV space or autonomy uh, space. And they've, they've always said that they've, they've always, you know, uh, kind of emphasized, oh, well, LIDAR works really well, except for the fact that it's very difficult to manufacture and it costs a crazy amount of money. Um, it's also like it, it doesn't work well. Here, here's the thing, right? When you think about the, the problems involved in self-driving cars, there's like a perception problem. And then there's a planning problem, right? The LIDAR only helps you with the perception part of that problem. Maybe there's perception planning and localization. Sure, the LIDAR might help you with perception and localization, but when it comes to planning, where really all the hard problems lie, it, it doesn't matter, right? Like that's, we, we are much better at like object classification, detection and recognition in computer vision than we are at like complicated decision-making required for actually driving cars. Um, it's, just, it's just such a trivial part of the problem. It's like if we were playing Monopoly and the first thing I focused on was, well, you know, you have to build your houses evenly on the property. You can't put three houses there and one house there. It's irrelevant, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so when you're talking about computer vision technology and, and how much it's advanced in the past, you know, 10, 15 years, where do you think we are on kind of the roadmap to computer vision, you know, being advanced enough to, to handle, you know, commercialized self-driving vehicles? It already is. You think it already it's at the level where it's going to recognize enough stuff and, and provide enough input into the, the AI uh, developed software and, and kind of control the vehicle on a, you know, advanced commercialized uh, level. Yeah. I'm telling you, if all I had was the AI technology today for vision, I can, we, we have a demo on our Twitter where we, we use a segnet and a depth net and we basically output a LIDAR. We output a point cloud of the world around us, a, a, a segmented point cloud, which is even better. We know which the objects are, right? That's the easy part. The hard part is, okay, I'm trying to merge up here. What's my model for how that person's going to behave, assuming that that person's stepping on the brakes and being able to represent all of that predictive complexity, particularly predictive complexity where there's search, right? And you have to search when you can take actions. Okay, if I move my car to the left here, what will the other cars do? Being able to reason like that in terms of counterfactuals, AI is really bad at still. And so what do you think needs to take place in, in terms of AI development to get it to that level? Um, I mean, look, you're, you're starting to see, you're starting to see, look at, look at AlphaGo, look at, look at what just happened. AlphaGo zero, like reinforcement learning works if you have access to a really powerful simulator. Uh, the question is, where do you get a really powerful simulator for, for self-driving? Um, now you could try to code your own simulator, but you're running into the hand coding problem again, just in terms of uh, graphics and not vision, right? You're coding the graphics part, not the vision part. Um, yeah. And your simulator is probably going to be pretty restrictive. So what you want to do is you either want to learn a simulator or you want to use the world as your simulator and figure out how to do that safely. And so when you're talking about using computer vision in combination with AI uh, on this level for, for self-driving vehicles, you know, there's not a lot of or not a lot of companies kind of pursuing that model. Um, but one of the only other ones out there is, is of course, Tesla's autopilot. Um, and, and it seems like the development there has been a little bit bumpy over at least the, the past year and a half or so. Um, with, you know, Chris Lautner leaving earlier this year and the, the whole Sterling Anderson issue unfolding earlier this year and past last year. Um, wh what do you think are some of the challenges that, that, that Tesla is facing 
to bringing some of these features and, and developing AI to a level of where they can bring that full self-driving technology to the vehicles. Elon has an idea in his head. Um, he has an idea in his head that it should be easy. And he's right. It absolutely should be easy. So every time someone doesn't make it seem easy, he fires them, um, which is actually probably a good strategy. Uh, so what's the problem? I mean, it's just actually implementing all this stuff. I mean, implementation is hard. Mm -hmm. um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the theory. The theory is like all there. And so when do you think, you know, Tesla's going to be able to, where Elon's going to be able to ass assemble the, you know, the right team and, and all the right pieces to make it all happen? Do you think they're getting close to that or? Um... Oh, one day, one day, you know, someone a little bit smart is going to get, uh, become in charge of a car company and they're going to be like, holy crap, we're five years behind Tesla. We got to catch up. Right. Paul Graham has a great tweet. Uh, when the iPhone came out, all the phone manufacturers were like, wow, we're five years behind. We got to catch up. Uh, when the Model S came out, the car manufacturers have still have no idea how far they are behind. The Model S has sophisticated compute, has OTA, has Linux boxes, has a you know a large touchscreen, a modern user interface. What what does the Chevy Bolt have? Right. When you look at it from a very superficial features based level, the Chevy Bolt and the Model 3 are the same car. When you look at it from a, well, I mean, consumers aren't stupid. How many Chevy Bolts were sold? Model 3s, you, you, you want to buy a Model 3 today? It's going to cost you $100,000. That's how high the demand is. And so good, good luck recouping what you paid for a Chevy Bolt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and in terms of that brings us to a really great point. Um, do you think leg legacy automakers are, are really making any of the right moves to, to develop their own self-diving technology? Or do you think they're kind of approaching it in a kind of backwards way. I mean, you could buy Newtonomy for $450 million and kick the can down the road another five years. Um, no, no, look, a, a lot of them are really bad. Um, Cruise is all right. Cruise, if you, if, you wanna, if you wanna believe in the Waymo Uber world where like one company is gonna own the vertical, yeah, Cruise is all right at that as far as playing the vertical goes. Um, when you look at people playing the horizontal, check out, check out like AI Motive, they're doing a pretty good job. And in you, when you're talking about playing the whole vertical to, to help our listeners understand, you, you've previously kind of said that, that Tesla is currently on the path to kind of be the apple of, of electric and self-driving vehicles by, you know, owning, owning all the technology from top to bottom and, and really kind of vertically integrating everything. Um, but there's a huge difference. Tesla's not going to own the fleets. Tesla's figured out how to monetize on the way to owning the vertical. And this is what Apple does as well. Google and Uber have figured out how to sink billions of dollars on the way to hypothetically maybe owning a vertical. Yeah, it seems it seems like once Elon will be able to to turn the fleet into, you know, a, a self-driving fleet of, you know, ride-sharing cars, you know, he's not going to own them, but Tesla's going to have a piece of it and and they're going to own all the technology behind it. So it seems like they are kind of approaching it in a, in a um, more economically feasible way than, you know, yeah. Uber with, you know, trying to buy tens of thousands of cars and that sort of thing. I mean, we're doing the exact same thing. You know, we're, we're going to be the, we're the, we're the, we're the open competitor to Tesla's Apple, right? That's the simplest way to describe it, right? If you think that that's the way the world is going to shake up, if, if you're a believer in the Waymo Uber Cruise world, okay, I mean, that's a matter of taste. If you're a believer in the, uh, in the Ford, Toyota, Honda, I don't even know what world you live in. I don't know. It's, it's a different planet. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you're talking about being the the open source kind of the the Android of, of the the world in terms of comparing it to, to smartphones, um, you know, how do you get there um, from where you guys are right now, and how has that kind of changed over the last couple of years? 
So we have uh, open source self-driving software. It's 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 neck and neck with autopilot. Um, less, you know, less probably because we're doing a particularly bad job and uh, because we're doing a particularly good job and more probably because autopilot hasn't been doing a great job for the last year. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's 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 neck and neck. Um, you can download it right now. Um, install it on on certain hardware. Um, you know, we do we we sell compatible hardware. We sell it as a dash cam. We don't sell any self driving stuff. Uh, we do sell hardware that is compatible with OpenPilot. Um, and you can put it on your supported Honda. And hopefully by the end of this week, your supported Toyota. And with Hondas and Toyotas, that's going to be six of the top ten cars sold in America. And so. You know, when when will those dash cams and all that hardware and, and software, all those pieces come together where you guys will be able to, to sell that as a, you know, whether it's directly through the manufacturer or just off the shelf? Where someone Why should can... we? Why should we? And so what's the what's the business model there? Um, well, I mean, there's a lot. Money is trivial to get these days. Look, uh, Newtonomy just got bought for uh, $450 million. They stuck six LIDARs. Uh, they stuck. They got six cars. They they stuck lidars on them. They uh, got fifty people in a room, and they kind of made the car drive slow around some unoccupied streets. Right? Um, there's so much capital in the world. Right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a question about whoever can actually build and deliver the technology will never be short on money. Mm -hmm. um, so what's the what's the business model? There's there's a ton of ways to do it. Um, the business model I kind of like is a uh, subscription based service. Okay. Um, you charge people, you know, twenty dollars a month to get your car on the self-driving network, or you can have limited self-driving features for free, right? Once you want the fancy like point-to-point -point navigation stuff that requires the cloud, um, you have to pay yeah, twenty, thirty dollars a month, a reasonable fee. Um, that that's probably our preferred path to monetization. And so, you, you know, but, go ahead. We don't even have to sell devices directly to consumers for that to succeed. We just need to get people running our software. Mm -hmm. um, I don't care how people are running it, whether you're running it because you got it through a dealer, through your, through an OEM, by downloading it from our GitHub. You know, it's just it's just a potential customer. Mm -hmm. And in in one one of the players we've kind of been not talking about, but some of these newcomers in the automotive space, and as as you've said, um, you know, if you present the right technology in the right way, it, it seems like the capital kind of follows follows along. But what do you think about? Some of these other newcomers say something like Rivian or Lucid Motors or Neo, you know, and what are those guys? Oh, um, you're talking about the Chinese companies that think they're going to make cars. In, in, in terms of, you know, how do you think they, they play in the environment and um, especially in the self-driving environment? You know, to be fair, EVs are a lot easier to make today. Mm -hmm. uh, when you look around, when you look around, say you look at like SpaceX and Tesla, right? When you look around at SpaceX, like there's nothing really fundamentally that makes rockets that much easier to build today than they even were to build in like, you know, a long time ago, even like the 60s or the 70s, right? Okay, you have fancier guidance computers. Maybe you can do your, your recoveries and your nice landings. But when you look at electric cars, oh, it's so easy today. Oh, a kid could build an electric car in a garage. You buy a pre-manufactured battery pack, a pre-manufactured powerful motor, powerful inverter, and boom, you've built an electric car. Um, so is it possible for these companies to succeed? Yeah, maybe. And and so kind of, kind of back to when you got kind of started and interested in, in doing self-driving cars, you you said that Elon Musk kind of approached you to, to possibly um, run the autopilot division. How did that kind of shake out, and did you have any interest of joining Tesla? Well, no, it was supposed to be a contract. Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be a contract. I was supposed to be in and out of this game in a year. 
Um, but you know, I'm, I'm stubborn. I don't like to lose. So I'll be here a long time. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, do, do you think that, um, AI development is kind of reaching some of these levels that, that, um, will pose a threat as, as kind of Elon Musk kind of has been talking about? Um, Here's the thing about any weapon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, every weapon that's ever been created, uh, guns don't kill people, people kill people. Uh, nuclear bombs don't kill people, people kill people. Uh, it's going to be the exact same thing with AI, right? This idea that AI presents any like unique challenges that haven't existed already for every weapon in history, that I'm not sure I believe. But once these powerful agencies get their hand on AI, well, you know, um, nuclear bombs aren't very useful tactically. AI is. So that's what you got to watch out for way more than like runaway AI control problem kind of sci-fi stuff. So you think it's more of, uh, you know, whoever's kind of in control of it, which is sort of what Elon Musk has been saying. But yeah. in, in the same sense, he's also been uh, more in general that AI could kind of start running loose if someone isn't. Uh... Well, I mean, we, we really shouldn't conflate those two things. I mean, think about Google, right? Um, Google is the uh, Google makes all their money from advertising, right? What happens when advertising becomes too good? Uh, there's a great book, Infinite Jest, that, that goes into this, right? What happens when Google starts applying superhuman AI to matching ads with people? I mean, are people anything more than slaves at that point? You see, that's a whole lot scarier than, oh, we're going to be turned into paperclips. Sure. I mean, maybe. But uh, I don't know. I think I'd actually rather the paperclips when it comes down to it. All right. So um, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break, and then we'll come right back and, and kind of talk about um, some of your recent – uh, products and uh, how they're kind of uh, assembling a, a complete ecosystem for, for a self-driving car. As we talk about the future of mobility, it's hard not to ignore Tesla's Model 3, a car that could potentially disrupt the entire automotive industry. Right now, Tesla has been having issues with scaling up production of the vehicle, but the team at Tesla Rati has learned this week that Tesla may have put production back on track. You can check out their coverage right now at teslarati.com. All right, we're back on the Next Mobility podcast with George Hotz, uh, the CEO and founder of Comma.ai. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about their um, products that they just released uh, last week with their revamped website. Um, you guys now have a, a uh, dash cam, um, and then what you're calling a giraffe connector within the vehicle, and a panda connector that goes onto the OBD2 port, which is in uh, virtually all modern vehicles. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, those those building blocks and, and what they mean for uh, Commodore AI? Yeah, so I mean, like, forgetting about really what they are as products, you have to think about them as universal building blocks, right? Um, so what the Panda is, and it's right in the tagline, the Panda is the best universal car interface ever. If you want to interface modern computers to cars, uh, cars have these weird ports and these weird buses. They have OBD ports and CAN buses and, 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 and weird stuff that computers don't have. Computers have USB ports and Wi-Fi. Phones and computers are the exact same thing, USB ports and Wi-Fi. Um, so, yeah, we need, we need an adapter. We need an adapter that transfers from the kind of, you know, buses your car has to the kind of buses your computer has. Step one, build a good interface. Um, and that's, that's Panda. Now, okay. the, the new product, uh, Eon, is, is, okay, so now that we have a good interface between cars and computers, we need to get a computer in your car. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, I could sell you a big desktop and you have to put it in the trunk with your inverter and no one's going to do that. Or how else can I get powerful computers into cars? 
Well, that's what Eon is, right? It's a smartphone in case, really. Mm -hmm. But um, it's also a powerful computer, and it has a you know very powerful sensor. It has a, has a camera. Smartphone cameras are uh, just so phenomenal with how good they've become um, in in the last couple of years. Uh, so it's 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 a camera. Uh, it's a GPS. It's a gyro. It's an accelerometer. Uh, you know, phones have a lot of the same senses as people. It's got a microphone. Um, it's a super powerful sensor and compute array that you can mount right up on your dashboard, and you can connect it up to your Panda. So now you have powerful compute and a powerful bridge between the compute and your car. Um, and Giraffe is just, not everything's accessible very easily over the OBD connector. There's other hidden buses in your car, like hidden CAN buses. Mm -hmm. Giraffe just lets you connect Panda to your hidden CAN buses. Okay. And, and how do these all interface with your guys' uh, chauffeur app, and, and how does that uh, compare to these? So 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 Schiffer is, is, is software, and it runs, um, it's, it's, it's dash cam software. But it's it's dash cam with 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 extra stuff. Like eventually we're going to start to offer forward collision warnings, lane departure warnings, maybe even self driving. You know all that stuff, right? Um, it's all part of the same kind of spectrum, ranging from just logging to to literally I type in where I want to go and my car takes me there. Level four, right? It's all on a spectrum. But in order to make this stuff possible, in order to like be able to move up along that spectrum, we need core building blocks in your car. Now Tesla, and like I said. Tesla's five years ahead of every car manufacturer because if I wanted to install OpenPilot or I wanted to install Schiffer Plus on a Tesla, it would only be a software change because Tesla has provided the hardware and the sensors that I need. No other car manufacturer has, so we have to build our own. And, and when you're talking about Tesla's hardware and the software kind of coming together, um, one of the, the kind of criticisms or, or worries about the Model S and, and all of their vehicles now is – do you think that all the hardware that that Tesla has installed in those vehicles is going to be necessary to to or is going to uh, bring the car all the way to self-driving? Uh, it, it'll do exactly what Elon promised, which is, yeah, make it drive twice as safe as a human. Uh, totally. Absolutely. It's just a software problem. And, and in terms of, um, you know, the hardware that you guys are going to be uh, offering in the future, um, you know, are you guys going to be offering full self-driving hardware on the vehicle, multiple cameras and that sort of thing so that someone can, you know, yeah. say, get a box um, in the mail and install it on their vehicle and that sort of yeah. thing? So we'll be offering more and more powerful computers, better and better sensors and more and more sophisticated interfaces as time goes on. So we can um, see, you know, kind of like you said, collision warning, that sort of thing on, on the current stuff. And then eventually, you know, you'll provide a version 2.0 and that sort of thing. Yeah, maybe we can even go beyond collision warning. Right now, if you download our open source software, OpenPilot, you'll get uh, industry's best adaptive cruise control and lane keep assist. And so uh, someone can install that right now with with your product and, and you know. Well, the product doesn't come with it. Mm -hmm. um, we don't we don't really encourage that. But mm -hmm. if you want to do it, we're not going to stop you. Sure, sure. Um, um, you know, one day, one day, maybe the product will come with it. One day, one day, the product will come with it. And at that point, you know, you're doing everything the manufacturer intends um, for 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 regulatory and liability reasons. You know, if you do this, you're on your own. Also a bit for quality management reasons. Right. Like like we can provide a really quality dash cam. Our self-driving software is it's cutting edge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a great segue into um, kind of the regulatory issue here, you know, what kind of regulatory hurdles do you think are, are facing autonomous vehicles? And, and are we on oh, kind of the right no, pass? To... Uh, anyone who thinks there's actually regulatory hurdles, again, is someone who desperately wants to uh, uh, remain employed, kind of doing nothing. Um, it would be so immoral and unethical 
if there was good self-driving uh, technology in the world for regulators to try to block it. I mean, they're literally sentencing hundreds of people every day to die um, if the technology existed. Self-driving is entirely a technology problem. If the technology existed and it was cheap and shippable, it would already be deployed everywhere. No regul no sane regulator would try to stop it. So you think that that you know most of the time when, when someone comes out with new software or new self-driving things, it's at least going to be an improvement in safety, so it'd be kind of silly for, for regulators to hinder that development? Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, to, to be honest, the reason humans crash cars is, is just like it's, it's some of them are so bad. Like people crash because they're, they're, they're drunk, they're distracted, they're asleep. It's just like so simple to fix. They just drive their car off the road. Why should your car allow you to do that? It shouldn't. And, and so kind of kind of looking at the whole big picture here, um, when do you think we're going to start seeing these cars completely self-drive on the road, you know, level four autonomy um, and kind of be in regular people's driveways? I don't know. I don't speculate much in the future. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'll say that like Waymo will probably get the first one working, the first one that's actually better than a human. Um, and Waymo will ship maybe uh, 200 of them. Um, then uh, Tesla will probably be, be second uh, and will be third. Um, but, you know, it's going to be like like Xerox Park, uh, the Macintosh, and Windows, right? Um, so Xerox Park had all of this great stuff first, right? And where are the Xerox Parks today? Well, they're all sitting in the bottom of a landfill. You can actually see a Google car if you want at the Computer History Museum. It's interesting that it's already history. Um, so that's what will happen. That's what will happen to Waymo and Google. Uh, they'll ship a few and eventually they'll end up in landfills. Um, Tesla will come out first, but, you know, it'll be like the Macintosh, right? It'll be this, this high-end piece of hardware, which, sure, it has all the future of GUIs and stuff, but, you know, okay, a bunch of people are going to buy it and it's going to be cool and you'll get a bit of a cult around it, which you already see around Tesla. And, uh, you know, we'll be the Windows. We'll be the Android. We'll be everywhere, uh, even if we're third. And in terms of, you know, you brought up a great point there with, with Google's Waymo. Um, you know, they've been around for, for nearly a decade or more, um, at least in the conceptual phase. Um, why do you think it's taken them so long to, to get to um, where they are? And it, and it seems like, you know, with because, because there's Xerox Park. Um, the reason Xerox never shipped uh, the great computers, great technology built at Xerox Park, but Xerox made money off copiers, right? Why would anyone want this stuff, right? Google is a little bit better, but fundamentally they make all their money off ads. Yeah. Like ads are to Google what, what copiers were to Xerox. And of course they're not going to be, they're not going to be truly ambitious. They're not going to be hungry. No one there is hungry. What are you hungry for? Yeah. We already make a great living off copiers. Yeah. Right. So, so it seems, yeah, you know, they're tied down to their existing business. So they, they, it's kind of hard to see why they should be taking such big risks and yeah. putting a lot of resources into something that's arguably completely unrelated. Um, yeah. I, and in terms of um, what we can expect, um, you know, coming soon from Comet.ai, anything you can share on that front? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we have our, we have our product line up there now. It's, it's about, it's about, you know, supporting that that's going to be our product line for the next year. And that hardware is quite capable. Um, that, that hardware, the, the Panda and the Eon, uh, and the giraffes together is a very capable hardware system. Um, I'd even say that it's, 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 it's more capable than autopilot one. 
It's not more capable than Autopilot 2. You'll have to wait for Comma's next product for that. Mm -hmm. But at least the Autopilot that was in like Autopilot when it originally launched, we're launching something that's better than that. Uh, and you can do that already with our hardware. It's just a question of software. And of course, all our stuff has full OTA capability, so we can OTA and you'll continue to get updates and it'll get better and better and better. And and you guys are, are open sourced software and, and, and all that development. Why, why go with the open source um, route with that kind of development rather than... Uh, you know, whitelisting it to different companies and that sort of thing. Oh, God. Then I have to, what, I have to hire a business development team? I have to deal with their business development? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm going to beat you because I want to beat you. Not because I want to, like, oh, square away my $100 million. I want to win. Mm -hmm. and I, you, don't see, you don't see nearly enough of this today in Silicon Valley. You know, the technology used to be cool, right? Like, this, this stuff all used to be cool. And then, like, you know, a bunch of people are like, wow. Well, we could get rich, and that bring that brought out all the hanger oners, and that brought out all the people who just like, well, we'll stick lidar on six cars, we'll we'll make a deployment in Singapore. No one's ever been to Singapore; they'll never actually see the deployment. And then, uh, yeah, we'll get like fifty people in a room, and we'll sell to Delphi for four to fifty million dollars when we flatter their their egos about detecting reindeer and stuff. Um, yeah, but no, like that's that's one that's one type of person. I'm not the type of person I want to win, and if I don't win, I don't win. But at least that's what I'm trying to do. Well, yeah, there you have it. You know, it, it, you know, if you're out there to, to win rather than and and to give a little bit of context, you you're probably in the same agreement with with Elon Musk, um, because, you know, today he he tweeted that just on the uh, announcement of, of Delphi buying Natonomy, he just tweeted groan. So hilarious. I'm sure hilarious. I'm sure he totally agrees with you on that front. Um, and it will be incredibly interesting to watch this uh, kind of development shake out over the next couple of years as we get closer and closer yeah absolutely thanks so much uh for for joining me on the the podcast today cool thanks for time yeah thanks so much thanks for listening to this episode of next mobility please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review album cover art by sydney yee and original music by jack maherl see you next time